You're listening to UCW Radio. In your face. What we got here is a failure to communicate. Oh, have I got your attention now? We, for lack of a better word, is good. You know what I mean? Money to be made in a place like this. Money never sleeps, pal. You're crazy. Don't run when you lose. Don't whine when it hurts. You know what it takes to sell real estate? It takes brass, 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 brass. I'm falling, and I can't get up! All right, welcome to Money Never Sleeps. This is the show where we talk about anything and everything that impacts the flow of money from around the corner to around the world. And uh, yeah, it's been a crazy few weeks uh, with oil going up and down, uh, stocks going up, down sideways, the, the markets going crazy, tech, you know, uh, flying, then 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 falling down and flying again. Uh, and now you have uh, this deal. Uh, with uh, with Apple and privacy and uh, you know look my my opinion on that is I understand that the uh, the federal government wants access to phones to get certain information and with that said should Apple go in uh, and do something to get them the information in the phone yeah if the federal government gave them the phone and allowed them to do whatever they need to do to access the information and give it to them, they should. But that's not what the federal government is asking for. They're asking for a back door. And when you open up Pandora's box, uh, you don't know what can happen or where it's going to lead. Uh, you know, I'm all for you know getting in the phone and trying to figure out what's there so that it can, it can help um, help the government out and help the, F- help the FBI out uh, with their investigation. However, when you start uh, allowing for backdoor to be created into our our mobile units, you know what what's what's going to be the next step? It's going to you know that that opens up a whole uh, gambit of things that can potentially happen. And again, this is my opinion. Uh, I I feel for Tim Cook and what what he's dealing with. Uh, I don't envy his position, but at the same time, I do. I do uh, support what he's what he's what he's standing for, okay? Because he's not just looking at the one situation; he's looking at the big picture. And the big picture is when when you open that when you open that back door, what happens next? Are you giving a an opening for hackers and and so on and so forth? You know, you you had uh, uh, there was um, uh, McAfee, John McAfee. He he said he can. He offered to the federal government for him that he can go and and create a back door. You know what's he thinking? He he's supposed to be like a security guru. You know how are you how are you going to create a back door and you're going to open up uh, a whole gamut of things that can happen? Okay, so on the privacy issue, I understand where Apple's coming from. I I agree with with their with uh, I, I I agree with the points. I agree with the points. Uh, it's just a slippery slope, you know. Um, you know, the the federal government has a point. Apple has a point, and uh, somewhere, hopefully, there's going to be some sort of solution that does not compromise the the privacy of uh, of consumers, of citizens all over the world, not just in the United States, globally. Because if there's a back door. It's not only about the U.S. government or, or, or authorities getting in there. 
you have hackers, you have other other nations, other other groups, and you know they're talking about fighting ISIS and everything. What prevents them? They they have money to go and 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 have access to this stuff too. So they have to think twice about it. At three times, maybe four times. All right. Anyway, uh, I want to. What I wanted to talk about today uh, is uh, our, our fees. Uh, to fee or not to fee? That, that that's the big question. You know, as far as raising capital is concerned. Uh, look, whether you're a privately held company or publicly traded company, when you're raising capital, uh, what companies need to be aware of, of are the pitfalls before it's too late because once you get involved and you sign agreements, uh, you, can, you can wind up getting really jammed up. Uh, some companies, what they, what they wind up doing, they opt to hire a consultant to assist them with the raising of the capital. Uh, so these consultants... You know, they may charge a retainer fee and possibly some type of ex- expense fee in raising the uh, the capital for these uh, these companies. Now, I personally have heard of ranges from as low as a couple of thousand dollars per month to upfront fees of you know thirty, fifty grand a month plus a retain a monthly retainer fee on top of that and an expense fee. Uh, keep in mind. That when you're signing these, bringing on these consultants, there is no guarantee that you will get funded, and these retainers are non-refundable. So you know when you're, if you're looking to um, to go do this, you know, and the companies that opt to go this route, uh, the only advice I can give you is that you know make sure that you know who you're dealing with. Make sure that. You know, the group, the consultant you're bringing on, is 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 proven that they can actually get this done. Um, if you're paying up front for it, because that's basically what you're doing. You're paying up front for somebody to, to do this for you. Now, keep in mind, you know, there are reputable, reputable consultants out there that do put a lot of effort into assuring that they can get you funded prior to executing a consulting agreement with a company. So basically, they'll go and they'll make sure that you have a viable entity. They'll make sure that uh, they can actually go and get you the funding. But, you know, you have you have other consultants out there that are not so reputable. And that's the truth. A lot of, you know, people, you know, consultants that are listening to this that are those type of people, they're not going to like what I have to say. But this is the reality. You know, um, you know, companies are trying to grow. And if you're in a growth phase, uh, whether you're private or public, you know, when you go and you expend that, that little bit of money, what winds up happening, that little bit of money can be put towards your business and growing. Um, and it can hurt you if you should lose it. So many consultants, they work on a success fee basis, and that makes it easier for a private company to absorb um, to absorb that as opposed to upfront fees. Because it's better to you know to go and you you give a little more in the back end than 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 giving something upfront. Now, as a private company, just be aware of of some of these pitfalls and look at the telltale signs uh, that are that when you're dealing with a consultant, because you know you can be throwing good money out the window without being fully informed, and you don't want to put yourself in that position. Okay, and that that that's on the private company route that that are, that are looking to uh, raise capital. Okay, in the realm of private equity fundraising, well. 
Bosnia. That becomes another interesting situation. Uh, there are a number of quote-unquote placement agents that require upfront fees and retainers. Again, I've heard them range anywhere from three grand a month to ten, ten grand a month. You know, uh, on, on top of an upfront fee in some cases, you know, and I look, I've seen these upfront fees range anywhere from 10,000 upwards of 50, even 100,000. It all depends on who you're dealing with. The thing about it, again, there's no guarantee that you will be funded. You know, uh, people can tell you anything in the world. You know, the reality is, are you, are you going to be able to get funded? That's the big question. Uh, again, there are reputable, reputable and solid placement agents out there that will work on a success fee basis. They will go and get things done, and they will work on a success fee basis because they, you know, if they take you on, they know that they're going to be able to get you funded. Uh, they evaluate whether they can secure this funding or not. So before they even do that, they, they know what they're getting involved in, and that's a better situation. Granted, there may be some minor upfront fees, and that is acceptable, but that's minimal compared to you know these big retainers demanded by some some groups. I mean, it, it floors me. They're looking for this money, uh, you know, monthly, and they want you to sign an agreement that you have to go and and lock in with them for three, six months, or even some cases a year, and you have to go and pay them X amount of dollars a month, whether they perform or not. Now, isn't that amazing? Whether they perform or not, so you have no out there. Okay, so that becomes problematic, and that's why you have to be careful who you deal with. Okay, you know, again, you know, if, if a group is working on, on a success fee basis, that's a better situation for a private equity uh, firm that's looking to raise capital. But again, I'm not telling you anything you don't know. Um, but if you are a private equity firm and you're looking to raise capital, and you know, you're, you, you may be a small one that, that you're looking to get something done, just be aware, you know, uh, some of these placement agents, uh, you know, they, um, they're looking for the fees. Uh, public companies now... That's another story altogether. You know, they have other tools to assist them with raising capital. You know, granted, companies that trade on uh, mid-cap and higher, you know, they have more than enough legitimate sources to raise capital. They have the big boys out there and more than enough private equity and everything that will step up to help them to grow. You know, but what about the micro-cap arena? The small companies that trade on the on, on the on the BB or the QB or or, you know, that are trading on, on smaller exchanges. Now, these smaller companies with minimal revenue and assets, in most cases, leverage their stock to arrange funding for their company. Now, this is where, this is when the fun begins for micro-cap companies. And I've heard so many horror stories, my God. Um, but, you know, it, it, it happens, this happens all the time. Uh, look, if they align with the wrong group, they can get trapped in some sort of pipe deal, a, a discounted convertible note deal, straight discounted stock deals in some places, you know, and, and and the list goes on and on. The beauty of this is that the consultant that comes in and arranges this, well, you know, they, they get their upfront fee and, and, and their, their retainer fee. That's already locked in. How do you like that? Okay, and since there's no shortage of vulture capital, I say vulture capital because these are the groups that will go and uh, take advantage of the desperation. Okay, um, not saying that, that it's illegal, no, but, you know, it's, it's a moral thing as far as what, what I'm looking at. If you're looking to help build a company and make it work, 
you know, um, yeah, I mean, uh, again, you know, if, if this, if you were lending someone money, it would be, uh, on, on the, it would be probably under the, the usury guideline. Okay. So, um, but anyway, uh, I don't, I don't, uh, recommend anyone doing those type of deals. Uh, but you, you have those vulture capital, uh, guys laying in wait to, to do a discount to stock deal. You know, I mean, basically when a consultant sets it up, you know, doing that, that their job is, isn't that hard at that point. Cause you, you have a number of people out there that'll do that. Now let's go behind the curtain. Okay. Let's see what the great Oz is doing. How do you like that? Uh, discount to stocks. Well, uh, what that means is that more than likely that the investors that are, that are going in to do these deals, hey, there's a good possibility that we'll be, they'll be blowing out of the stock smoothly probably prior to the funding, funding actually taking place, which is interesting. You know, they'll go and arrange for the placement of the stock. They have it. They, they, they get it. At anywhere, you know, 40, 50% discount, uh, to, to what is trading on the bid, not on the offer, what is trading on the bid. Okay. Keep that in mind. Uh, now with convertible notes, well, those investors, you know, they're, they're pretty shrewd. Um, and depending on how the funding was made, uh, they made demand a yield on these notes and those, that, that, that yield could be high. That yield can be 10, 12 percent, 15 percent. You know, they can go borderline to they can go borderline to, to 20 percent if if that's the deal they're making. You know, they're not going to go past the uh, the, the usury uh, guideline, but they'll get they'll get pretty close. So what happens when you can't pay with cash? You know, your, your deal doesn't go the way you want it to go and you're short of cash. What happens? Well, guess what? Of course, you have you know publicly traded stock at your disposal, so you go issue more stock to meet your obligations. And what happens the next quarter, and the next quarter, and the next quarter? Then you start getting behind the eight ball, and you could potentially lose control of your company because you're giving it away. I've seen it plenty of times. Believe it or not, it happens more often than you think. So that's why you have to be careful with the type of deals that you're looking to make uh, in regards to, uh, funding. Okay. You know, again, this isn't a bashing show. I'm not bashing, you know, consultants. I, I, there are a lot of consultants out there that do their job and do it well. And I appreciate those people. I love working with them, uh, because they're professionals, but you know, the, you know, there are others that, that don't do that. You know, again, I'm just shedding some light on, on, on reality. You know, as I mentioned in, in the beginning, you know, again, there are consultants out there that, that do their, that do what they're supposed to do. And, and those consultants are the ones you want to, you know, seek out if you're looking to raise capital and you wanted to get a consultant. Not every company gets a consultant. They, they'll work directly with the funding source. Okay. But when you find a consultant that's willing to work on a success fee basis, you know what? You want to speak to them. You want to find out. And, you know, if you have the opportunity to work with them, you know, work with them. You know, again, you may get a minimal, minimal upfront expense fee while getting, uh, you know, by, by, and, and giving more on, on, on the back end to them. But that expense fee, could be for anything, you know, and again, it can be maybe a thousand, fifteen hundred dollars, two thousand, whatever it's going to be, but that's well worth it because you're not dealing with a monthly retainer. So that upfront expense fee is, is, is acceptable. And, but then you, again, you have, you have those consultants out there, which I would avoid at all costs that are uh, chasing retainers more than deals. 
they don't care what you do. If you're going to give them a retainer, they're going to work on your deal. That's it. Okay, I don't care whether it's um, a private deal, a publicly traded company, or, or if you're uh, a, a newly uh, launched private equity firm. You know, if you're going to give them a retainer, they're going to they're, they're going to do the work. Doesn't mean that they're going to perform, but they're going to take your money. Okay, and you have those. I mean, th- those are retainer collectors. They collect retainers, and they live a good life. They live a good life, <laughs> you know. Not that they're they're performing for people, you know. Uh, just yeah, hey, take a look at the take a look at the uh, the movie American Hustle, okay. And then you'll get an idea of of what I'm talking about, you know. Uh, look, they just make it harder for for smaller public and private companies to you know to sift through the nonsense to get to the reality of the situation and actually align with someone that's going to help them build. Because the point of the matter is, as a consultant. If you're you're helping a company, you know, the better they do, the better it is for you. The better they do, the better it is for you. So the more they grow, the more business you're going to get because you would, you know, you'll continue to be, you know, consult with them and and basically your actions are helping for them to grow. Okay? So in your pursuit of raising capital, just be aware of who you bring on board to help you to achieve your fundraising goals. And to make a long story short here, a better route, better route would be partnering with an actual private equity firm. You align with a private equity firm that can work with you, and that that's usually a better situation because now you're you're bringing in uh, a partner that'll work with you. And again, you have consultants that actually bring companies to private equity for funding. You know, they they do this. You know, they do it often, but. Again, you know, when you're working on on the success fee uh, on a success fee basis, uh, it's easier for a company that's struggling as it is to to pull out and, and make stuff happen. And again, guys, you know, uh, there are solid uh, performers, there, you know, the consultants that are out there that do the right thing, and they they continue to do it. Okay, so uh, you know, I commend those guys. You know, just makes it hard for people like that to actually go and. Um, and build and and grow and you know because they're because when you're a private public whatever whatever kind of company you are you're getting called especially a public company you're getting called constantly people wanting to work with you doesn't matter what you do they want to work with you because they're looking for that retainer fee and what happens though those people that get called those companies that get called they wind up getting jaded they wind up you know putting a, a their shield up because you have so many sharks out there that are just like they're circling, they're circling. So you know, as as a private uh, company, as a publicly traded company, and even as an upcoming up and coming a private equity firm, uh, just be aware of who you're dealing with. Okay, just be aware of who you're dealing with. And again, you know, for those companies, uh, I would for I would definitely go the private equity route and. And go reach out to a private equity firm, and you know explore the possibilities. You know most private private equity firms they have certain investment guidelines, and basically you know um, either they have the capital on hand or they have the ability to go get the capital to structure the deal and make an investment in your company. Uh, but just make sure you have all your duckies in order. You have your business plan. You have your 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 performance. You have every you have your financials going back a few years, and, and you have certain information that they're going to need. 
in order for them to make um, to make a decision. Okay, but for any private equity firm, again, be aware of this. You know, they may see you know 100, 200, 500, 1000, 2000 deals a year. And at the end of the day, just like in in the original Wall Street, they they only pick a few. So you'll have a company that may sift through 500,000 deals a year and they may pick 5, 10 tops that they're going to do deals with. So just make sure that you you have all your all your duckies in order so that you uh, don't waste your time. Uh, so when you go to someone, you don't waste their time, and it just makes it easier all around. Okay. And if you want additional information on on uh, on private equity and uh, and other other financial topics, you can go to falconglobalacquisitions.com. That's falconglobalacquisitions.com. Um, there's information on there. Uh, that'll help you. Um, and uh, basically, you know, there, there are a lot of great things going on with uh, with Falcon Global Acquisitions uh, that you can check into. Um, they are uh, they they are involved in, in private equity. So uh, if you have any, if you have a company and you, you're interested in speaking uh, with someone, you know, just uh, you know, go there and and reach out to them and uh, reach out to the company and you know, see where it goes. Okay, but anyway, on that note, again, just in closing, uh, this wasn't a bashing show; it was more of a, just a clarity and be aware show. Okay, uh, today. All right, but I what well, we we are going to come back, and I am I am going to actually uh, do a show because I want I want to speak about. Uh, Twitter. I want to speak about Facebook. I want to f- speak about what's going on in, in the tech world and where we're headed, uh, because the reality is things are moving very quickly, very quickly. And it's not about social media. It's about the media of everything. Okay. And it's becoming a is becoming an interesting uh, playing field where you have companies that can't get it together. Like Twitter, is, I mean, it's an amazing tool, but the management can't get it together. I can go and figure it out. I can go and make Twitter work. There's no question that this is what we can do. We can make Twitter work. But they are, they're, they're not doing uh, what they should be doing for their shareholders at this point, and that's unfortunate. Okay, Jack Dorsey, a great guy. Um, but you know, he may have way too many things on his plate and, you know, you need, you need someone that's going to go in there and structure this or restructure it, put it together and, and make it work. And it's not about changing. And again, I'm, I'm going to go on, go into this on the next show, but with Twitter is not about changing what they have. It's about adding on to it, enhancing it. Okay. And there's a solution for all this. You know, you look at Facebook now, if you go on there, you know, they added, instead of just likes, which the like was, was a better situation. Now what they're doing, you can like, you can love, or you can, you know, have an opinion about something and, and you can, you can, you can check those things off. Yeah, it breeds conversation, you know, but I think it's going to, I think that that may shove some people uh, off because somebody, if somebody, you know, puts down a post, they, they post something. And they don't get anyone loving it or liking it, or people start making negative comments about it. You know, uh, yeah, that, that that can create a lot of fire. So I I don't 
I don't know how good of an idea that was. You know, they should they should have just stood with the likes. Anyway, we're going to go into this again on the next show. Uh, but uh, until then, I hope you guys have a fantastic uh, trading day, uh, trading week uh, as well. And, uh, you know, keep an eye on, on you know, the, the deal with oil. Be careful uh, with that uh, because, you know, that is fluctuating up and down. Uh, so rapidly and it's so you know unstable at this point yeah over the course of the uh of 2016 you know we'll we'll probably see oil at you know 40 45 that type of thing i don't see it going any higher than that at this point there's no it doesn't make any sense for it to do that you know uh, it's a supply and demand issue period the end unfortunately people you know oil companies a lot of oil companies uh, are going to be are going bankrupt and are going to be going bankrupt and that's unfortunate. These are the smaller guys and I know this because I I speak to them myself. These are the smaller guys that are going out and it's unfortunate. Okay, but again, just be aware when you're looking at oil, uh, when you're looking at oil itself, oil stocks, things of that nature. Just be aware. Just just stick with the guys. If you're gonna if you like oil, just stick with the companies that uh, have great balance sheets. And that's a key thing because that, that, that means that these are the guys that are going to gobble everyone else up. Okay, so just be aware of that. Look for the balance sheets. Look for that strong company. Okay, anyway, on that note, have a great trading week, trading day, and we'll be back with you on the next uh, show uh, for Money Never Sleeps. Thank you. Initiating shutdown sequence. You're listening to UCW Radio in your face. What is your major malfunction? All let it be written. So let it be done. Ladies and gentlemen, my mother thanks you, my father thanks you, my sister thanks you, and I thank you. All opinions expressed by Louis Velasquez on the Money Never Sleeps radio show and its website are solely his opinions and do not reflect the opinions of the UCW radio show or their parent company or affiliates, and may have been previously disseminated by him on television, radio, internet, or another medium. You should not treat any opinion expressed by him as a specific inducement to make a particular investment or follow a particular strategy, but only as an expression of his opinion. His opinions are based upon information he considers to be reliable, but neither the UCW radio show nor its affiliates, parent companies, and or subsidiaries warrant its completeness or accuracy, and it should not be relied upon as such. The UCW radio show, Louis Velasquez, its affiliates, parent companies, and or subsidiaries are not under any obligation to update or correct any information provided on the radio show or on the website. His statements and opinions are subject to change without notice. No part of his compensation from the UCW radio show is related to the specific opinions he expresses. Please read the full disclaimer on MoneyNeverSleepsRadio.com.